Okay, good morning everybody. Today, today is the 11th of Cheshvan. Of, uh, of Cheshvan. It's, uh, we say it's the yard site, or we, we say it's the yard site of Rachel Imenu, though there's some rabbis that don't agree, but we accept it as the, as the yard site of Rachel Imenu. So I remember... Uh, Actually, I'm sorry, but this yeah. came up, a question came up to him when I asked, on what do they base that, that they would have a date? So I, I remember uh, around uh, what was it, 1985, May 1985, I was in, uh, in Israel with Chantel, and we went to see Kever Rachel. We went to Kever Rachel. In those days, Kever Rachel was a little, little thing on the side of the road. It was before they built this whole complex with security and underground and, uh, and uh, yeah, it became a walled little city. But those days, you're literally going on the road, and it's literally on the side of the road. You had Kever Rachel, and you stop. So we stopped, and there was an old woman outside, and she asked us if we wanted to do the red string. And in those days, remember, there's a small little thing, so I stood on one side, my wife stood on the other side, and we handed it to each other, and we went around the kever seven times, and we took the red string, we took the red string home. And you know, so those days, people, everyone wore red string. <laughs> Everyone wore in those days. Even then, what happened was when Madonna got uh, got involved with it, people started getting nervous. You know, maybe we shouldn't wear the red string, and they started quoting the Tosefta. And the Tosefta has a has a a statement there that a person who ties the red string to a fing, to his finger, it's derech emori, it's uh, it's pagan. So some rabbis said maybe it's pagan, maybe it's not pagan. But some rabbis said no, we have a tradition, we did it. But does it really, the question, does it really do anything? So I, I you know, we, we see there's also a Hindu tradition of a red string. We see a lot of religions. And I remember that Beryl Wine told something very funny. He said that there was a guy who came to play for the Yankees. His name was Mike Pagularillo. Mm-hmm. Mike Pagularillo, he's a, he's a coach. He third base. He played third base, 1984-85. And they thought like he was the new guy. You know, there was Mickey Mantle, Bobby Mercer. He was going to be the new Yankee. He was going to be the guy. And what happened is the first year, he started playing string, spring training. I think he broke his ankle. And the next spring training, he broke his arm. And the next spring training, they're interviewing him in spring training. saying, Mike, what's going to be this year? Are you going to be the Yankee or are you going to be on the injured list most of the year? And so he picks up his wrist. And he shows, I got, he shows his red string. He says, my grandma from Sicily gave me this to, to protect me to make sure I don't get injured. So I think, what is this whole idea? Does it have anything, the red string, does it have anything to do? So I, I, think, I think what's interesting is the idea that they did the red string around Kever Rachel. And I think that that's more important than, than the color or anything else with regard to it. I think it just made a few extra bucks for that guy in, uh, in uh, Ben Yehuda. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of guys now. <laughs> so you, the unbelievable thing is if you look on the internet. Oh, because she puts out the, the flag. So there's actually sources that say tie it to a baby's uh, cradle. They say the, the pregnant woman should wear it. There, there are definitely some sources that bring but what, what's the idea? What's the possible idea? So if we look, we see in the, in, the, in Parshat Vayechi when, when, uh, when Yaakov Avinu is going to die, he tells Yosef to come to him and you should swear that you're going to not leave me in Egypt, you're going to bury me in Marat HaMachpelah. 
And we go through a bunch of reasons why he has to swear, because it'll force Parot to say, you know, I swore, I can't annul my vow. But then Yaakov tells, tells Yosef, you know, remember your mother, uh, when she died, I buried her along the road. It's almost like he's worried that Yosef is going to say, you didn't really care about my mother to take her to Barat HaMachpelah, which was about 10 minutes away. You buried her where she was on the road. Why should I take you all the way back to Israel if it wasn't so important then? And Yaakov says, no, Hashem, I did it because Hashem told me to do it. And we see in, in Yeshaya, what, what, what's the story? And the, the, the Gemara talks about it, the Midrash talks about it. says that, and we see it in the Pasuk, that, that Hashem's going to hear the cry of Rachel. When Bnei Israel, after the destruction of the first Bet HaMikdash, Bnei Israel are leaving, uh, are leaving Nebuzaradan, Yemach uh, Shemot, he's taking them out of Eretz Israel, and they're walking on the road, and they pass by the Kever of Rachel. And the Navi says how Rachel cried, Hashem heard her cry, and he says not to cry. He says, what's the story? The Midrash goes on and says that Abraham came to Hashem, he says, no, you got to save my people. Yitzchak comes, Yaakov comes, they all come. Only to Rachel does he listen. Why? So Rachel says, you know what, Avodah Zarah is like a husband and he's dealing with two wives. Another wife came into the room. You are upset because the other wife came into the room. She tells Hashem, I'm upset because I had my husband and my sister came in and not only did I let my sister come in, I kept my mouth shut. What's, we know the story. Uh, Yaakov went to work for Laban. He falls in love with Rachel. He sees she's his soulmate. He tells uh, Laban, I'm going to work for you for seven years and I'm going to marry her. The night of the wedding, what happens? Lavan switches them, and remember that ya- Yaakov had given to Rachel simanim, signs. The rabbis asked, what were the signs? The laws of Taharat Mishpacha. So what happens is Rachel doesn't want her sister to be embarrassed under the chupa. Imagine her sister is going to go under the chupa, and Yaakov is going to realize it's not Rachel, it's Leah. And he's going to stop the wedding in front of the whole town, because it says the whole town came for the wedding. Lavan wanted to make sure it's a big deal, everyone's a witness. And so she felt bad for her sister, and she gave her sister the simanim, meaning she taught her the laws of Tarat Mishpacha, so that Yaakov, went under the chupah, is going to ask her a few questions to make sure it's her, about the laws. We see, the question is, did Le'an know that Rachel is giving her signs or not? We see later on, that Leah has four children, and the Pasuk tells us that Reuven came back one day with Dudaim. Dudaim, I don't know, maybe we translate it as mandrakes. It's supposed to be a, a flower where the seeds of the flower have fertility powers. And Rachel tells Leah, please, could I have some of the, the Dudaim of your son? And what does Leah say to her sister? She says, not only do you want to take my husband, you want to take my son's flowers too? And from there, the rabbi suggests that Rachel never even told her sister she was giving her the simanim. She wanted to do it in a way not to embarrass her sister at all. And she still kept silent. 
Anyone else would have said, what do you mean? Your husband, he worked seven years for me. I was supposed to be the one. You came and stole him and I gave him to you. And what would have happened to me in a normal circumstance? She had to think at that moment that she was giving Yaakov to Leah that she's never going to marry him, that she's going to maybe end up with Esav, or worse, who knows what she's going to end up with. She was willing to give up everything to be the, the mother of the Jewish people, all the future, everything in order not to embarrass her sister. So the rabbis say that, what does she say to Hashem? If I was willing to do that and accept another, how could you not be willing to accept and just ignore the Abu Dazarah B'nai Israel? And says, Hashem, listen to our argument. So if you think about that, you think, what's the power possibly of, of, the, of the string that was circling Kever Rachel? If I think the string to remind me about Rachel Imenu, forget the color, forget anything. If I only think about it, that it's reminding me of the act that I walked around Kever Rachel, and I should think about Rachel, the rabbi used to tell us, Ayin Hara is there. But Ayin Hara doesn't affect someone who has Ayin Tov. If you have a good eye, you can't be damaged by Ayin Hara. Ayin Hara, evil eye, only affects someone who can look at someone else and have some jealousy. So what is the, the string going to remind me? If I want to be protected from the Ayin Hara, what do I have to do? I have to be like Rachel. I have to only want good for other people. I can't be jealous of other people. I can't take out even when I did something good. I can't even remind them I did something good in order to take the anger. If I become like Rachel and I only have an ayin tov to help other people, to care about other people, then the bracelet, the reminder of Rachel Imenu, 100% is going to work. And so I think the whole idea of the red bracelet, okay, it's whatever, whatever, craziness. But, but if it's that, if it's me remembering that I walked around with my wife seven times together and we handed one to another the string and we were there at Rachel and I remember every time I look at it, I don't want to have one, but I remember every time I look at it that I was there and that I, wanted, I have to be like Rachel in order to protect myself, then we're given the protection of the Ayin Hara. We should all be. Uh, we should all uh, try to emulate the, the actions of Rachel Imenu. We should keep in mind that of all the avot and imahot, it's the actions of Rachel Imenu that 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 in some way bring back our bring us back to Eretz Israel. There was a, a rabbi who said that Rachel, even though the pasuk says Rachel stop crying, he said Rachel, you should continue to cry. Because you should continue to cry because we're still in exile. And only your tears are the tears that are going to be able to bring us back. It'll bring us back and we'll uh, see Mashiach. Rabbi, the, 